there. Welcome to this episode of Tennessee Farm to Family. Let our team of extension agents bring the farm to your family. We'll explore all things agriculture and talk about how it gets to your table, fridge, or pantry. Meet farmers, stomp out misinformation, and grab a sneak peek into agri-search and outreach efforts. Welcome in and thank you to listen to the Tennessee Farm and Family Podcast. We are podcasting from Dyer County Extension Office today, and we're going to do a segment called Meet the Farmer. I'm your host, Mitch Pig. I'm the county A&R agent here in Dyer County. With me is my counterpart, Lindsey Stevenson from Haywood County. We've got a few special guests here, Hannah and Claire, who are spending their summer working at the Western Sea Research and Education Center and their job shadowing extension agents today. And we've got the Grills family. I'm just going to pass the mic around and let them introduce themselves. I'm Jack Grills. I'm the dad of the other three here. Uh, I've been farming since, uh, I guess, since I got out of high school, even though I started before that. I uh, always involved in, been involved in farming. My dad was a farmer. My granddad was a farmer. My great-granddad was a farmer. And probably back further than that, so I've come from a long generation of farming. And we're all, I uh, have been in Dyer County as long as I can trace back to, so, and I love part of agriculture and and we are passing on to the next generation. I'm 67 year old now, 66 year old now, and kind of retired, but it's helping the boys run the farm now. So I'm just kind of a hired hand. And yeah, I'm, I'm Rusty Grills. I'm the, I'm the oldest of four. Um, I'm before you this year, and uh, we farm with my two brothers that are here. You'll be hearing from them in just a second. I'm married to Christy. Uh, we've been married for almost 16 years. We have two girls. Uh, Hadley is fixing to be 11 and Jaxie is fixing to be 8. Uh, we live right outside of Dyersburg in a small town called Newburn. We're pretty much uh, we're pretty much a row crop uh, operation. We I don't have any cattle, but uh, one of my brother does. He uh, he deals with those. And my wife told me that if I uh, that if I loved her, I'd have to get rid of the cows. So I loved her and I got rid of the cows. And I'm Hunter Grills. I'm the neglected middle child in the group. I like to say. Uh, I've been married for about 14 months now to my wife, Laura, who uh, helps on the farm as well. And, uh, and I'm the pride and joy, Mama's, Mama's pride and joy. I'm the youngest. Uh, my name's Cody Grills. I'm 31 years old. Um, I have my wife of seven years is Jessica Grills. Uh, she's a teacher here in the Dyer County Education System. And uh, we have a little uh, baby on the way that will be here in December. So just uh, thank you for this opportunity. I did miss out. I, I didn't mention my wife, Ann. They mentioned their wives. I want to mention my wife, Ann, which is the mother of these three. We also have a daughter that's uh, living in Arkansas at this uh, moment. Uh, her and her husband pastor a church. Her husband pastors a church there in, in uh, Wynn, Arkansas. And I did not want to leave her out. She's responsible as much as anybody for, for the rest of this. Fantastic. So, Rusty mentioned that you're predominantly row crop. So, could you talk a little bit about your crop mix and how you choose that? We're on our corn and soybean rotation. Uh, we also raise some triticale seed stock for Tennessee Farmers Cooperative. Uh, I also run a, run a few beef cows as well. Uh, we run about a th every third year, uh, two to one uh, rotation there. Every two years we'll run beans, and uh, every third year, every, every acre will have corn on it. Uh, so that we're making sure that we're having a good rotation program program there to uh, to build soil quality and those type things. Fantastic. So talk a little bit about the seed stock that you mentioned there, because I think our listeners probably aren't familiar with that crop. 
Yeah, we raise we, we raise seed stock for Tennessee Farmers Cooperative. Essentially, we're raising the seed that will be put into production the next year. And so actually, we, we may be uh, raising seed that we will purchase the next year. We, we're under contract with them. And uh, we use we also do soybeans with them as well, and then triticale, which is a lot like wheat. You really can't tell the difference uh, in it driving down the road. And uh, so we've been working with co-op for quite a few years in, in that regards. You also have livestock. I have a few, yeah, I have a few cows. My wife and I do, and uh, that's uh, I don't know. Sometimes they're the greatest thing, and then sometimes they're a little bit aggravating, but but it's fun. That's my wife's favorite thing, so that's kind of why we still have the cows. I heard the other day that the best the best feeling in the world was true love, and then the, then the response to that when all the best feeling in the world is when the cops call and say there's a cow out, and you get over there and find out it's not your cow. That's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. <laughs> So I, I, you know, I used to have a few cows as well, and um, it just with the other jobs, I get, the other thing I got going on there, it, it kind of takes the. Whenever I'm off and away, and the, they call and say the cows are out, my wife told me she said you've got to get rid of those cows. It's just always a, always a little bit of a problem whenever I'm out of town. But, so, so they had to go. But we do love hamburgers and ribeyes, so we're we're grateful. That's for them, right. So. Mm-hmm. So you guys, there's uh, several of you. How do you divide up the work? I do it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we make that's Hunter and I decide what Cody's going to do. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a well. We all have different things we do, but we all have, but we all can do the same thing. You know, uh, plant, spray, uh, run a combine, drive a trailer truck, change a tire, uh, change a bearing grease um there's not there's not any particular job that one's supposed to do or that, or that we're not all supposed to do sure. just kind of whoever gets the field first uh, that day may may take off with a load of grain or or who gets to the field uh last may have to grease the combine or wh- whatever it just everything's got to get done regardless who does it we try to diversify as much as we can we want to make sure that everybody is uh efficient i guess and competent on everything that we do and it, that way that too not everybody's doing the same thing every day so you know we we rotate around in a sense so you don't get worn out and get i guess in a sense bored of what you're doing same every day which so. is the beauty of, of being in a family operation where we you know we grew up together so we kind of know how each other's th- each uh, person's thinking you, know, you don't have to even uh, don't have to be talking to already know the next move that someone's going to make so that's a, there's a big benefit to that as well and all of that so um, like last year we were cutting beans and I, I made the made a call and said I don't just feel great and uh, next thing you know I, I was on the combine and I come down with COVID. Well, if I was the only one that knew how to operate a combine, what would happen if I'm out for a few days, you know, with, with a sickness? That's a, that's a, that's reality that we live in. And what happens if if somebody's gone and they're the only ones that do the spraying? Well, we got pigweeds that need to be sprayed or or fungicide that need to be applied. Well, we've got to get that that needs to be done in a timely manner. So you have to be able to be somewhat efficient in every aspect of the operation. You mentioned beans. So the last time I can't remember the last time I went to the grocery store and bought a soybean. What do we do with them? Man, soybeans are just about everything that we consume. I mean, it's from cosmetics to, uh, of course, our food in our grocery stores to plastics. It's in. It's a part of our everyday lives. Uh, so it's not that you know when you go to the grocery store, you might not just be buying a soybean the way it's produced in the field, but that soybeans in some form just about in uh, every product we use on a daily basis. Uh, or corn as well. So agriculture has a major 
uh, impact on our everyday lives. And, and that's why we, when we talk about agriculture, not only the importance of the to the economic value that it contributes to our county and our state, but there's also a security issue to that as well. In, in a world where there's so much instability right now, uh, American agriculture is essential to our economy, but, but to the security of, of our country as well because of the dependence that we have on it and what it contributes to our society. While you're on that subject, not only are you guys contributing a safe and stable food supply, but you've also had the, the uh, opportunity to, to kind of be a statesman and, and do some international travel. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done uh, with, the, with the youth? Yeah, so I serve as youth minister at my church. My wife and I serve together, and I have had an opportunity for a few years now to work in a children's home in Costa Rica. Uh, different uh, Children's homes in other places, but one specific in Costa Rica. And there's about 15 or 16 kids there, and I would go down and I would teach the kids about just biblical character and uh, work with these kids because they come from some really, really bad backgrounds. And I had the opportunity two years ago to go down and teach lessons related to agriculture. And I taught a lot about reaping and sowing and the decisions they make at a young age, how those uh, will reap. You're going to reap the consequences or the benefits, depending on which seeds you sow. Uh, took time to help them plant a garden so they could raise their own food uh, because I was trying to teach them with that, spend time with them, teach them character lessons, but then also work with the, teach them work ethic. I mean, these kids didn't even know how to hold a hammer. Uh, so had the opportunity to work with them, them a lot. I've actually been able to go down there four times now and uh, work with those kids and build those relationships and just t- connecting character, biblical values and principles to agriculture and how things that we, that I've just always grown up knowing and seeing and then realizing that, you know, there's people in the world that, that don't know these basic fundamentals that, that I've always grown up knowing. So it's been a, a good opportunity to get to do that. Fantastic. And, and, you know, our groceries don't just come from the grocery store. They're, they're raised somewhere. And so, so often there, that seems to be a misconception that, well, you need something, you just run down to the local supermarket and pick up what you need, and they have it. Somehow, how they get it, we don't know, but but it's there. And that's just not always, that, that's just not the case. And uh, so uh, trying to make sure that people are aware of where their food is grown and uh, the different uh, different principles and different lessons you can learn about how the, the crop grows and, and how the, the basic principle of reaping and sowing, there's, there's all kinds of lessons to be learned in the farming, or in the farming community and, and on the farm. So, Mr. Grills, when you started talking today, you talked about how long the Grills family farm has been in existence. What are you guys doing to ensure that it continues on for another several generations? Well, we, we are trying, uh, when the opportunity comes, is to, to buy land and own our own land as much as possible. That's reasonable that we can feel like we can afford. We, we have several acres in the family now. Um, I try. I've always tried to create an interest in the boys here to to uh, to go to farming, uh, to get into farming. And when they were uh, young teenagers, I realized that they showed some interest. So we went and bought a hay baler, and uh, we put them to baling hay. And I figured if a fella could bale hay and, and like that, want to continue, they would probably stay with farming. <laughs> and we baled hay probably until just a few years ago when the baiters got wore out and we didn't have the demand for hay that we had before, so we quit that. Uh, and I guess just try to create the, 
uh, a love for the land, a love for the, the community, and uh, a love for family. It's a great way, great way to raise a family, and, and uh, I don't think it's second for anything for that. But uh, I'm a we um, we definitely try to make sure that we are good stewards of the ground as well. We want to make sure that we leave the ground in better shape than what we found it in. We do a lot of stuff with cover crops and things like that to help with soil erosion and those things, and to put some uh, filter strips and things like that. Um, you know, we use uh, field tile and th those types of things because to make sure that we have we're putting nutrients back into the ground and we're not just reaping nutrients out of it. We we look back. Um, of course, Rusty has two girls and Cody's got a. A boy on the way there's you know that's the 10th generation that's coming into the farming uh, we're, we're currently ninth ninth generations as far as our research can can shows us and maybe even more than that but uh, ensuring that we're leaving the land in better shape than it was than than we inherited it and that's part of the sustainability practices and make sure that we're uh, being good stewards of the land that God has entrusted us when he put Adam and Eve in the garden he told them to keep and dress the garden and take care of it and that's what we're here to do not to not to be worshiping Mother Nature, but because uh, of children's of children of God, we're to be maintaining the, the earth that He's entrusted us, and making sure that we're taking care of it uh, in a efficient and profitable, respectful manner. So we we try to make sure that we're uh, we're good stewards of the farm and the practices that we do uh, for the future, uh, and and then just the that's the responsibility that we have that God's given us. So, what would be some challenges that you guys are facing right now as farmers? Volatility. <laughs> there, there are so many things as a farmer you can't control because the market prices, uh, you can't control that, you can't control the input costs, you can't control the weather. Right now we're praying really hard uh, for some rain. We've been dr really, really dry here the last few weeks. So we're really needing some rain because it's a critical time through the, uh, the reproduction process for our corn and soybeans. Uh, so that's, I think, one of the biggest things is just there's so many things that we can't control. I want to say that I believe that our society has a throwaway mentality when, when they are, or like a video game mentality. If things don't work, you hit restart and you start over again. Well, the farming community and the farmers don't necessarily have the opportunity to just start over. They're in the middle of a crop, and if things go south, well, they have to see it through. You know, a, a, a farmer may only have... 30 to 35 years to have a, you know, a chances to have a successful crop. It's not like you're building something that you can just well, I'll part that out and I'll start over. So, uh, so uh, you know, there, that, that's, a, that's a different way to look at it. I want to I put that in perspective. Go ahead, somebody. Is there anything that you'd like uh, the non-farming public to know about what you do? I think uh, most people get a very, my wife's family is all pretty much city folks. And they think a, a farmer gets out there in the end of March and farms for a month, and then he takes the summer off, and then he comes in the fall and farms for a month. And uh, But when you have a property, you have a maintenance on property, just like you would a maintenance on a car or anything else. You, there's fence rows to, to, you have to deal with, there's ditches, you need to keep drainage right. and there's there's just all sorts of things like that that just to be needed kept up mowing uh, uh, things to look groomed and things like that to look to look like you care for the land I guess uh, I think that's very important I think it, it, it's, I think it's very important for the farm 
and then there's always um, there's mechanic work. There's a farmer has to be a uh, most farmers have to be a mechanic, a veterinarian, uh, a, a banker, um, and and so many other hats he has to wear. It's more than just driving a tractor for a couple months a year. Yeah, everybody talks about Ed. You need some help. I'd love to drive a tractor. Well, that's such a small part of what we do. From like Dad was saying, you know, from from the maintenance. I mean, you, most farmers I know, if they've done anything around the shop, they'll have a busted fingernail, a busted knuckle, because you have you know you have bearings that go out. You have oil that needs to be changed. You have ch chains that need to be tightened. Uh, you have plow points that have to be looked into. Uh, uh, combine blades that have to be changed on and on and on again there's routine maintenance that gets overlooked by the population out there it's just because it doesn't seem to be something that, that that they even know about and i think i think if a person were to come to, a, to the average row crop farmer and ride around for a day and say holy smokes i had no idea that it took this much work this much manual labor this this uh, this much uh, effort because that's not what is uh, perceived uh, whenever you see the the TV shows and the, and the perception for maybe some social media even. And, and farming's definitely not just a, uh, it's not just a job. I mean, it, it really is a lifestyle. It's it's just part of my everyday life. I, I don't have a separate life where I have my home life and my career. I mean, it is just, it's just the lifestyle. I'm a sure. farmer. And I never, when I wake up, I'm a farmer. When I go to bed, I'm a farmer. When I leave my house, I'm a farmer. When I get home, I'm a farmer. That never changes. So, I'm kind. I don't, you know, I don't work 40 hours a week. I'm constantly involved in the business, and I mean, it could be late at night, whether I'm doing accounting or it could be uh, studying for genetics for next year, whatever it might be. Uh, we never do. It's just an overall lifestyle, and I think that's uh, that's important because it makes you. Uh, appreciate the industry that we're in even that much more and, and enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of responsibility. That, there's no doubt it can be very stressful when that machine breaks down and it's 110 degrees outside and you have to figure it out and you have to make it uh, you have to make it work. Um, but that's also a very rewarding part of it as well. I've got a, I've got a friend that, that works at a, at a local factory and uh, he was talking about one day he said you know we had this machine that broke down but it was close to the end of the uh, end of my shift, so I left and I got back to work. Somebody had to come in and fix it. Well, that's not exactly the way it works around our farm. <laughs> if something breaks down on a Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, we've got to fix it. And uh, so that that might put it, if that helps put it in perspective at all to the individuals that think that it's wonderful, it is wonderful and it is rewarding, but it can be trying and it, it can be troublesome. Fantastic, I appreciate you guys being here today. Um, to the listeners, we want to hear from you. Please email us your questions about agriculture or anything you'd like to know more about, how your food is grown or gets to your table. The email address is tnfarmtofamily at utk.edu. And I've been told to say by my wonderful administrators, if you eat, you're involved in agriculture. Thank you. <laughs>